What the world needs now is love, sweet love. It's the same today as it was in 1965 when Jackie DeShannon made that song famous. And my guest on this episode of the Spirit of Leading podcast is keeping that hope of that song alive with her life-changing work. I'm Garland McWaters. Brittany Stokes is the co-founder and president of Project Orphans, and she's my guest on this episode of The Spirit of Leading. I'm excited to hear about your work. So Brittany, thanks so much for taking time to join us on this episode of The Spirit of Leading. Thank you for having me. When I first saw the project, uh, I saw Project Orphans, and I was thinking at first, you know, just from the name of it and knowing that you're from here in Tulsa, that it might be something kind of local. Then I, then I went to see that it's actually halfway around the world in Uganda. And I'm curious on uh, how that became sort of a focus for you and uh, how you got this project going. Yeah, so it's funny how actually your dream kind of evolves and takes you to different places and um, maybe starts, you think you're gonna start somewhere, but then you land somewhere completely different by seeing the need or seeing where you can truly make a difference. And I think that's really what happened, Project Orphans, had started with the idea of finding um, families or people who had moved overseas and were taking in children or helping support um, local community efforts and taking, you know, um, children who had been abandoned or orphaned, um, malnourished. And oftentimes we saw that these, these couples or these families or these persons didn't have a permanent residence to do that. And so it's our goal to actually start building homes for them or purchasing properties so that they didn't have to fundraise consistently for that expense. Um, so we did so. We built three homes in Guatemala, a home in Haiti, a home in Brazil, and a home in Uganda. And um, Uganda was just somewhere that truly uh, myself and our my co-founder fell in love with, but also we saw such a huge need for um, integrity-minded organizations um, who were doing this in a way that didn't continue the cycle and add to it um, an aid to actually families wanting to give up their children because they couldn't care for them themselves. And so we took a little broad eye view from what we had learned from the different organizations and then also the couples and people we had worked with in different countries. And um, myself, I'm a foster parent and truly brought the idea of a foster care model to Uganda so that we could empower and equip families and community members to help raise their own abandoned or orphaned children and take them as part of their own family so that those children had an identity within their culture and we're not growing up in a government or institutionalized setting. So it became a little bit more morphed um, into what we were do what we um, had originally planned. And when we started diving into that setting, um, because of the lack of infrastructure in Uganda, we ended up building a hospital and a women's shelter and transitional living housing. Um, we created a special needs center. And there we go. You, we never planned on, um, I, I always laugh because say people, people say project orphans. Well, it sounds like you're doing a whole lot more, but there was a lot, 
a lot of people were fatherless in their heart. A lot of people were fatherless in their um, mindset. And we believe that if we could help restore identity, that maybe people would feel like they belong and uh, we could tackle some other issues that were a cycle um, in that country. Isn't it interesting how all these things really are interrelated? Yeah. It's not just one thing. It's many, many things that go into sort of the complex nature of who we are as human beings and uh, tapping all of the emotional things that are a part of who we are that, uh, that sort of begin to show themselves in a project like this, that you're not yeah. just doing one thing, you're doing many things all at once and, yeah. and uh, having impacts that maybe uh, you just never really thought that you were, you were going to have. I'm very curious, uh, how, how did this idea just get going the first time? I'm very, yeah. I'm always very interested in the, in the genesis of an idea. So what was the spark that got it started? It's so funny because I grew up traveling and um, helping with humanitarian aid um, projects and volunteering overseas. And I had truly never been moved to do something um, beyond just serve on these type of projects. Mm -hmm. And my husband and I were on our one year anniversary trip in Mexico and um, at Puerto Vallarta, and I, I said, you know, hey, let's just like go into the community. I'm sure there's like, you know, an orphanage around and, you know, like, let's just drop off some supplies and help out. We hit a taxi and just found our way and ended up spending several hours. And I don't know what it was in that moment, but I was working in a corporate America, um, 60 hours a week and, you know, just plugging away at life. And I, I really wanted to know what my purpose was and do good with whatever it was. So there was no plan to technically leave corporate America, but it was to do, to create something that I knew I could um, manage and ensure funding was going the correct way. Um, but also just to make sure I was living for something else besides a paycheck and, and building something for myself. That was kind of the idea. I came home and I just couldn't get these children. I couldn't get this, the word Project Orphans out of my brain. And um, I think injustice really struck a chord with me as an adult and seeing children not served correctly or um, the way that they should be or just as a number, not, not identified as a human who needs love and compassion. Mm -hmm. And so um, I called up my friend, Christina Yared, and I said, you know, this is really like stirring. We had met in college. I said, this is something I really feel like I want to do. And she goes, you know what? I've been thinking the same thing. I think we should go for it. And that's truly how the adventure began. And I think if you would have told me 11 years ago, all the hurdles and all the things that it would require, I would have been like, no way is it possible. But it's been a really cool journey to be on and just see how things have come along. Once you get really involved in something, your purpose shows up out of that usually. People say, well, let me find my purpose and I'll do something. Yeah. And usually it's, well, no, you get busy doing stuff. <laughs> then your purpose kind of reveals itself to you and you get hooked. But uh, uh, from, the, from the idea of, hey, let's go do this to something starting to happen, what was that part like? How did you get the ball rolling so that uh, you really had a project that you could put together? That's a great question because so many people ask that question. It's like, I have this great idea. I want to do this dream. How do I do this? And I, ha I have to say, the hustle is real. I remember 
walking down Bixby, knocking on business doors, creating with my pamphlet and just sharing my dream to help people. And I had the idea that if I could sell a home, so I would take like the roof is like two grand or five grand. And then the doors are this, I would go to those companies and say, Hey, would you sponsor this home? And, you know, and just create an opportunity for them to relate to the cause. So that was kind of the idea. Just, I didn't know, you know, it was the best way because you have to take this idea and make someone actually take a bite out of it. And so just going door to door and asking, and like I was sharing, you know, your idea, not everyone is going to jump on board and there's going to be people who, you know, just a hundred no's just fight for that one yes. And that is truly what I think um, is the difference between you knowing it's a passion and you're truly called to doing it versus a hobby or something that you just want to step into. Because when I knew that I knew that I was supposed to step into it, all the hundred doors that slammed, that one door kept me going. Mm -hmm. And um, it truly was that. And I think that door, we funded our first home and then we got a lot of momentum behind that and just being creative um, into how can we fund and build relationships that are committed to this and they see um, the difference that they made. And so allowing them to join that journey is right. super important. Well, I was I'm very fascinated by the whole project, and now you actually uh, are building sort of little communities. One of uh, those is you call Pearl Village. Did I understand yeah. that right? Now tell me about Pearl Village and what it's supposed to do and what that community is. Yeah, so Pearl Village um, is in Zorobwe, Uganda, which is out about an hour, hour and a half outside of the capital of Uganda. And in rural areas, it is very hard to receive access to anything, healthcare, education. So truly, if you don't have access and you're pouring funds into one area, um, you're going to see this cycle continue to break or the cycle to continue to go. So I remember jumping on a motorcycle to go visit, um, they call motorcycles their boda bodas. I, I jumped on a boda boda to go visit one of our children who were sponsored in that area. And I, I heard this like moaning in a home and I'm like, what is going on? There was no adults. Well, there's this special needs child. Her name was Janet and she had been covered with a blanket and um, you know, she just was left and she was about 11 years old and weighed less than 20 pounds. And um, my heart broke. And I, I really truly realized in that moment, if we don't provide healthcare or if we don't provide nutrition resources, not that there's a hand out, but a hand up, um, how can people gain access to these resources to build systems? So if you wanna you know, come to our farm, to feed your family. Well, let's teach you how to plant your own farm. Let's teach you how to maintain your own gardens. Um, if you want to come and receive uh, medical care, how can we help equip you through volunteering to pay for these funds so that we are able to feed and house some of these special needs kids that you also are now receiving? Um, I feel like sometimes the best way to break a cycle of poverty is to get someone out of the poverty mentality and the victim mentality and give them a purpose. Mm -hmm. And once they feel a purpose of giving back, that empowerment lives with them forever. And they're able to truly break that cycle and they become addicted to seeing what compassion and empathy and giving does for their family, for their community, for their neighbor. 
And it's that cycle. And so that's what I learned. You know, I walk into a hospital, what people might say is a hospital, and there's four or five women giving birth on the ground and AIDS is spreading. Like, you know, it's not that they were sleeping around with 500 men or they wanted to, I mean, this is truly a health sanitation or they, it costs $5 to give birth on a bed versus a dollar on a floor. We tried to equip the community and we actually, we were successful. We built a, um, a birthing center so women could give birth with dignity and that baby could come and be birthed and have less complications. You know, there's no answer for everything, but I also think if, if you see a problem, why are we not fixing it? Well, that's an interesting, uh, interesting way to ask that question because I talk about people being empowered all the time, and that's just the simple definition of being empowered. Is I see a problem and I start working on it. Was there really a breakthrough that really got this, uh, got you to the next level? Um, yeah. So I think the biggest thing with that is a. I would say there's twofold. So we had some donors who came along, and we did get some publicity. We truly focused on telling. Um, being an advocate of the of a person who could not share their story and sharing it for them and truly being that in-between of relating people. Um, also, just finding people who are passionate about the areas that they were serving. So if it's the hospital, let's talk to the doctors. If it's our, if it's our school, let's connect teachers with teachers. Relationship is key with anything. If you cannot take care of um, the donors who are sponsoring your child at $25 and truly appreciate them, just like a donor who gives $5,000 a year, you are really losing an opportunity to build a relationship. And so I always say Project Orphans was my, in my role as a volunteer, I am the in-between from the voice, from that child who needs it, that voiceless community to someone who wants to make a difference and see their impact. And so um, we have Project Orphans News that is a transparent um, showing exactly where your dollar is going that month. We are launching an app in 2021 that better serves our sponsorship program so that a sponsor can communicate with their child that they sponsor through a child advocate, see report cards. Um, it is a lot of work to maintain relationship, but it has been most critical for an organization to succeed. And it is the most um, fruitful and rewarding for me to see a donor give and love giving because they get to feel a part of it, mm -hmm. something that's happening so far away. Right. And you truly are a volunteer in this project. What would you say is the thing that has been your biggest growth area for yourself personally, just from getting involved in something like this? Oh, I've learned a lot. I've learned mental health is a very important thing. And you have to not carry it all and you have to talk to people. I mean, I've seen some really tough stuff and internalized it and never processed those things. And I was becoming unhealthy because of that. And if you can't take care of yourself, you can't take care of others. Um, so I've learned that I've learned, I mean, it's been a, it's been a journey of faith, um, but you cannot get there unless you do the work as well. Mm -hmm. And so I, I have faith that things are going to happen, um, that every need will be met. But I also know that it doesn't just come. And so you have to work, you have to show that. And then 
um, trusting other people. Um, Project Orphans is 100% Ugandan run in country. And I love that because we are truly empowering the 30 people on our staff to invoke change in their community. And I get to be this awesome little part of this huge story and just tr truly empower good people and equip them with the tools they need. They have it inside of them. And um, so many times organizations come in and, oh, I wanna barter with the locals and get the best deal. Well, you're not getting the best deal. Or I wanna, you know, do it this way and they're all doing it this way. Like it is truly an empowerment relationship walk. Mm -hmm. And um, trust is a, a really great thing to learn that you don't have to carry. And it's taught me how to manage other people, manage a team and um, really rely on people. And in the pandemic, I was only, I normally go four times a year and I was only able to go once and our team did awesome. They pivoted ideas. They learned how to get around stipulations to make sure our kids were safe. I mean, we never closed down our hospital during COVID and saw double amount of patients. I mean, it was it was a really awesome opportunity that we got to do and lead during a time of so much fear in this in Uganda. And um, they did a great job. you say would be the a good piece of advice that you would give to others who are wanting to embark upon sort of their purpose something they feel passionate about as you've described your own passion and uh, they're kind of in stutter steps you know the first step maybe steps are kind of stuttering and they're not quite getting going uh, yeah. how would you encourage them to uh, keep moving yeah I think I would challenge them and say where do you want to be in three to five years, where do you want this dream to be? Because that's truly going to change how much you are investing. And sometimes I had to say no to a lot of friendship activities at night, or I was working my full-time job and then coming home, putting kids down and then staying up till three in the morning, researching, building, crafting, taking calls. Um, it's, you know, it's just now after 11 years gotten to a place where I probably won't receive a middle of the night call for two weeks and that's a win. And um, so it, it really depends on what you want to do and how much you put into it is really truly how much you're going to get out of it. And I struggle with that sometimes because I'm not full time um, or I'm not 100% committed um, I, even though I work maybe 40 hours for Project Orphans, I have my, I have to go make a salary and I'm a foster mom. I am an adoptive mom. I have four children. It is a lot of work and you have to know what your priority is in that season. And it's okay if your dream is smaller or not what you want it to be. If you're helping five children or supporting a classroom, that's awesome. Don't stress yourself out of, of it. you're not, you know, building schools all over the world. Do what you feel comfortable in that season. Right. And that season will get you to the next level and you'll feel comfortable and you won't have hurt relationships or have missed opportunities or spread yourself to a place where you quit on your passion. We can get so caught up in something that we just lose ourselves in it and, and 
uh, our quality of life you know goes bad and then yeah. we get discouraged and quit and so forth but uh, having finding that balance uh, i think you would probably probably give a lot of people some advice on kind of how to work through that because i mean i know a lot of us are type a personalities and it's hard for us to 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 create those boundaries and learn to say no or uh, wait or i can't do this yet to uh, to make sure that we're not to over extending ourselves so true um i work at a women's domestic violence and um children's shelter here in oklahoma and we, i have a board and um my my uh, uh coordinator and i anytime we meet and we have an idea or something comes up we're like throw it on the board throw it on the board and then red is like the urgent stuff and then the Black is like everything that's dreamed up that needs to get done someday, but we should not forget about it. And I think that's how I prioritize is just, I, I never want to lose that opportunity to, to do something, but is it needed now um, in that moment? Yeah. So throw it on the board. <laughs> well, it's, that's a great advice too, because I think uh, we can easily, easily uh, kind of jump around from one thing to the other and, and uh, lose our real momentum on the things that we need to be focused on. And yeah. uh, learning that really is a very important leadership skill that not only can we learn it ourselves, but it's something we can help other people learn for themselves as well as they go through similar kinds of things. Uh, well, where are you going from here with this project? Uh, do you have a three-year plan or a five-year plan? Or? We do. Um, our next big initiative is a lot of our children are in primary school, which is basically elementary to uh, um, like fifth or sixth grade. And there is not any truly um, well-developed secondary schools in our area. And so we are hoping to build a 300 student secondary school with a boarding section and, and really, um, you know, I think it was, there's, it, it's over 56 or 72,000 primary school students in our, in our district. And it drops to like 22,000 secondary students. There's a huge gap in there and um, it's access to services. It's access to the education. Um, it's access, you know, it's affordability. And so um, that's really what I would love to see happen. And I think um, any person who came and we could help equip copy this model of the Pearl Village and plant it all over um, Uganda would be a really cool opportunity to see empowerment of these rural communities and, and evoke change. Are you saying that this model is something that is, uh, is, can be repeated any place in the world? I would say definitely in those um, African countries, um, we have a great model that we have created that is just enough to create, like, to create change and, and break cycles and um, just enough services to where you're not incapacitating them to do on right. their own. Right. Well, that's an important lesson to learn, too, because I think in our exuberance, we want to jump in and save everyone. And we realize we're probably not doing doing them any favors by doing that. We need to help them learn how to save themselves. And I think we all can learn from that, actually. So that part of the model, I'm pretty sure, is transferable just about anywhere. What's the most pressing challenge you think that you have faced and overcome that, uh, that you've learned from that you would recommend to other people as, uh, as uh, maybe a way that they can overcome their own challenges? 
That's a great question. Um, I think the pandemic served a lot of those challenges. And um, for us, our child sponsors were used to receiving mail um, and, you know, just um, physical pieces from their child sponsor. And um, it really, I was just fingers crossed, like having a hard time creating that relationship um, because mail gets lost. You have 122 kids in your program. If you, they have a one or two sponsors, that's a lot um, of people who weren't receiving communication because I wasn't getting out there quarterly. Plus, they weren't in school. So schools were locked down. So there's no report card. Thankfully, we did move to a media type style showing mm -hmm. what was happening on the ground. Um, I would say make a backup plan for if you physically are not being able to deliver that service, that service and that program is still being implemented and it is being transparent to the donors. And that is why we um, are creating that child sponsorship app that will launch in this quarter in 2021. Um, and then also just um, with events, I think some nonprofits who relied heavily on, on events, you have to have a mix. You're, you cannot rely heavily on just one event you know, that is like cultivating those relationships and really stewarding them, you know, making them feel important is so critical. And um, having a very large, whether it's grants and foundations, don't just heavily rely on those. Don't just heavily rely on corporate sponsors. You know, having a mix of support um, is always important and never stop sharing your message. Well, that's uh, certainly good advice. And uh, I want to uh, certainly encourage you to keep up sharing your message and doing what you're doing. I, I would like to hear and see more and more about your project. It just seems so fascinating and needed to me. There are a lot of people who are doing a lot of really good things around the world. And yeah. uh, we get so caught up in all, all the negative and all the other things that we forget that, you know, as they say, the world is interactive. We, we, we are, we engage each other at all levels and we're here together to share the world together. And, and certainly our humanity is part of the greatest gift we have uh, to share around the world and see that everyone is indeed a human being. Uh, yeah. To me, that's one of the things I pick up from your story is that, uh, is that you're, you're helping other people. Just, I mean, there's the children there, just like there are children here and yeah. they want to be loved the same way children here want to be loved and families want to be families there the same way we want to be families here. And if we realize that everyone out there is just like me with the same emotional mm -hmm. needs and hopes and dreams and fears and everything, and we're, when there's no difference anywhere, uh, that I think that just getting that brings us closer together. It's like Jackie DeShannon's, the reason I started with her song was what the world needs now is love, sweet love, because uh, I happen to believe that, that's, uh, that love is an enabler of a lot of great things that uh, help us to act in human ways that uh, are just make the world a better place to live for everyone. We ought to be doing that. I love that. And if you got that from our website or whatever, that is exactly what we're trying to do. Every mom wants to tuck their child in a bed and make them feel safe at night. And I just, I, when I had children, it broke me that a mom felt that she couldn't do that. And, mm -hmm. um, or, or had the ability to give that child a bed off the floor that's or right. send them to school. And so. That's right. That's so, so true. I mean, I, I have two children 
Uh, and uh, I tell people I loved every day of being a dad and, uh, and now of being a granddad. And one of the yeah. greatest joys of life was being able to sit on the edge of the bed at night with my children and just talk to them, just mm-hmm. to hear what was going on and, and, uh, and uh, say goodnight to them and that, uh, doing the tuck-in thing. And uh, that's such a great blessing. And I hope that uh, you're right. Everyone should be able to uh, have that experience to know kind of what that connection is like and, and uh, just makes you a better person for having it. So, well, Brittany, I want to thank you for taking time. And I know what was a, it's a busy time for you because you're getting ready to leave country again, aren't you, for a while? Yes, um, just for a week, but I leave on the 21st of January, so. So, well, you'll be out, uh, you'll be gone for a while, but I'm so glad that you took time to visit with me, and I'm looking forward to hearing more about your project uh, as, uh, as you get back and hearing what, how it unfolds. Congratulations, and share, give our best to your staff and to your co-founder, Christina, and all those who are helping you make this uh, dream uh, work around the world. Brittany Stokes, the co-founder and president of Project Orphans, doing her best to use the compassion that she feels to help make the world a better place. What an exciting, exciting project. Well, that's it for this installment of The Spirit of Leading, and I want to thank you for listening. I also encourage you to recognize and appreciate anyone, and I mean anyone, who demonstrates the spirit of leading at work or in the community. When you join the Empowered, you will get a notification of my latest podcast or the latest post in my weekly Empowering Thoughts series. And I want you to please share this podcast with your friends and colleagues and hear this wonderful story about Project Orphans. So until next time, I urge you to live empowered each and every day and unleash your creative energy to see just what all it can do. Encourage the spirit, enliven the heart, enlighten the mind, and enlarge the expectations of living in yourself and in others. I'm Garland McWaters.